Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right, it's at dgutierrez84 on Twitter, Daniel Gutierrez, uh, as you all know me. I'm the only one that says my first and last name, by the way. Everybody else is all very, very scared. I don't know what's, what's up with this doxing. But anyways, uh, thank you all for joining us. You can note, you notice that I'm the only one on here today. Uh, Andy is out there and, uh, and Aaron's out there just doing their assignments, getting ready for E3. So be, uh, be sure that you're listening because we're going to be having a lot of updates with a lot of the major gaming studios uh, coming up very, very soon. So today, we have a very special joint podcast with Crypto Token Talk, joined by Kelly Weaver, founder and CEO, Nikki Brown, senior content strategist of Melrose PR. And we love to talk with PR uh, companies in general because of the, or PR firms in general, just because of the fact that it's good to know who is pushing what. You always need to know who is at the root of the project, who's the voice of the project, uh, and and what are their values? What is it that they that they determine is a worthwhile project. If um, they just take the money, then you want to stay away from that company and probably most of the things that they push. Um, but if they actually do their due diligence and, 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 and most importantly, believe in the technology, believe in the purpose of the project, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Obviously, we don't know what the future holds for any of these projects and we kind of hope that we hope for the best, but it's always great to pay attention to everything. And now, without further ado, enjoy our joint podcast with Crypto Token Talk. So uh, Crypto Token Talk launched a little over a year ago um, as really an on-ramp for newbies who are looking for sort of a uh, Crypto 101 podcast, um, an introduction to how blockchain technology could potentially change the world. And we usually um, are specific on different verticals, um, and we've interviewed various different experts ap- across the the board in the industry from, you know, the the guys from the Crypto Kitties team to uh, Tim Draper talking about investments to, I mean, Mesh Networks, Right Mesh, um, people in the advertising space who are working on solutions using blockchain across the board. And and really the uh, inspiration for the podcast, uh, we have a PR company called Melrose PR. We are a uh, crypto and blockchain focused uh, communications agency. And so we constantly are having these interesting discussions with, you know, not only like clients, but also, you know, thought leaders and and people within the industry. And so wanted a vehicle to be able to have those conversations in a public setting, um, and be able to kind of share what we were learning with, you know, a greater audience. And so it's really been a fun little side project. And so the podcast is produced by the PR company. Um, and it's a great vehicle for thought leadership for, for us. And, um, gosh, it's just so fun to have these great conversations all the time with really interesting people. And really an avenue for us to always be learning more from people. Uh, cause of course our day to day at the PR company is a lot of being immersed in our clients and, uh, you know, reading their white papers and running their communications and the podcast is a way for us to, um, intersect with the, what's happening outside of, of the world of our, of our clients and, and always, you know, be on our toes as far as uh, who's working on the cutting edge of uh, healthcare and blockchain or entertainment and blockchain. And um, it's, it's really been awesome to just speak to people who are experts in, in their field and how that intersects with technology. Yeah, that's, that's, why one of the, that's definitely why we started our podcast as well. And it's what I've found very fun is you, we don't come from the professional backgrounds in terms of like blockchain and, and, and technology stuff, but everybody's been more than willing and open to talk to us and speak with us and answer questions and things like that. So that's what, what we really love 
about the podcast because I mean, everybody's going to need to use the technology. Everybody's going to need to figure out how to use the technology. Um, and so the fact that they are very open and willing to teach us and in some cases hold our hand. I remember when one of our guests was like, no, that's not actually what this simple thing is. Uh, it's like, it was, I believe it was about ASICs. <laughs> oh, he, really? And okay. he told me, he goes, ASICs is not the computer, it's the chip. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I was a little confused. But, uh, but I it was really nice. I would say, though, we have become so, this is a space that's growing and we're all learning. So having a podcast has helped help me become more informative. Even though I have been around a while, I've learned way more in the year and a half we've been doing the Coin Boys. Uh, and I feel more informative. And the more you talk to people, the more you learn. And I love talking. Totally. And it's been a great outlet. And, uh, you know, we, we just can't wait to have more and more guests. And it's great to talk to you guys. A uh, quick question. What's it like since it sounds like both of you have come from PR backgrounds? Um, and we'll get into more of your background. But what is it like dealing with the PR industry in crypto? Is, what are the differences you've, you've come across? What is it like? Yeah, so I guess... Uh, First, just a little bit on, on my background. I um, Melrose PR is what introduced me to to crypto. Uh, before Melrose, um, I I was working in entertainment uh, and actually hadn't studied PR or anything like that, um, but was working at different production companies uh, and then did a lot of freelance writing as a as a journalist, kind of focusing on uh, culture and lifestyle and how it intersects with technology. Uh, so you know, AI and machine learning, that was all kind of fascinating to me. And um, I met Kelly, um, who at that time, uh, you know, was running Melrose PR, uh, which was focused on more lifestyle clients, but was just kind of verging into this lifestyle meets tech space and, and was in need of someone who had a skill set in writing about that kind of thing. I think at that time I had b been bitten by the blockchain bu bug and, w and we had one blockchain client, or I think maybe two by the time you joined. Gem and Madhive. Madhive that's yep. right. And I was just like, can we make this a niche? Can we do exclusively blockchain communications? Because I saw a massive need and an opportunity in the market. I mean, the, the PR business is actually seven and a half years old. So we launched in the beginning of 2012. So we, we've morphed a little bit and I was always looking for some niche. And so when I hired Nikki, I th you know, she was just so um, skilled at making complex systems, you know, really simple and like communicating that in a beautifully eloquent way through her writing. And so I thought, you know, this would be a great team member to add to like help us potentially make this a niche. And I think right when, about when you came on board is when we really started honing in on like, I think blockchain could be our exclusive focus if we really focus on it. We did. Yes. No, I remember uh, it's kind of like one thing led to another, which led to another. Um, but having worked with Jem and Madhive, um, we knew a thing or two about blockchain when not very many people did. And then all of a sudden the summer of 2017 hit and right. there, there, we were, yeah. there was this huge need for people who knew something about how to communicate this kind of complex topic of blockchain and why it's unique and um, you know what it, how it's transforming these different industries. Uh, so it was an example of being in the right place at the right time, but also uh, being willing to walk through that door <laughs> because we could have been too scared or uh, you know oh we're not tech experts or something. But instead it was like no like uh, if if we can understand it then 
Um, so can everyone else, and we can figure out how to communicate this stuff to a mainstream audience. And in fact, there's like a real need for that. Uh, and we really do believe in the technology. Um, and I mean, I sort of just, like a lot of people, fell down this kind of path of, you know, I care about um, empowering content creators and people being more empowered to have control over their data and their value. And so, um, you know, more so than, I was already fascinated by technology, but more so than anything else, blockchain actually has this philosophy attached to it that's centered around empowering people. Like AI doesn't have that, machine learning doesn't have that, or VR, but blockchain actually does. And so it's like, I mean, I just feel so fortunate at times to think that, oh, I, I discovered this at like a time where this is still early and still growing and has a need for storytellers. So let's let's go back. Let's do let's let's do this because apparently your audience hasn't heard it. Uh, is how did you guys get into crypto individually? Like so you get, got into crypto through the through, through, through Melrose, Melrose PR. PR. Yep. So question answered and done, kind of so to speak. So Kelly Kelly, how did you get into? Yeah. I was go. doing lifestyle PR, uh, you know, like I said, found in Melrose PR as a, as a boutique PR company, but we, our focus was more restaurants, lifestyle, consumer products. Um, you know, I was, I was less comfortable with my own technical, uh, abilities. And so thought, you know, tech seems a little bit, I don't know if I could do that in terms of communications, uh, personally. So I had an advisor, you know, we're, we're here in Santa Monica. Our office was in Santa Monica at the time too. And, you know, there's just all these startups in our backyard. And so I had an adv advisor who was like, you really need to look at the tech scene, you know, sprouting at your doorstep and introduced me to two companies, one of whom was Gem. And Gem at the time was an enterprise blockchain solution provider based in Venice. And, um, and I remember our first meeting with them and, you know, Emily, who was their marketing manager at the time, uh, who is still super involved in the space. Um, her husband actually is, is the founder and CEO of BTC Inc. is sort of a media conglomerate in the space, like blockchain magazine and mm -hmm. distributed and all those. Anyway, she sat us down and explained blockchain. And I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say it was like an instant love affair because I was a little, a lo <laughs> little gl glassy eyes and confused, but their team, what they were doing, and at the time it was Enterprise Solutions, and we were uh, hyper-focused that summer, especially on healthcare solutions. And I thought, I saw the problems within the healthcare space, you know, both in the revenue cycle management, and then also like in your, your data and patient records and like having access to your own data. And I just thought, wow, this technology really could, really could change the world. And of course, my, I, because I was new to sort of the tech scene in communications in general, I guess I sort of thought that by now, like cut to three years later, that we would have these solutions readily available for consumers. And, you know, I unfortunately now realize that like this is, we're talking many years out here and we're, we're still like laying the bricks and the foundation. But I was bit by the bug. And we also went to different um, conferences, like the Distributed Series Conference, Distributed Health in Nashville. And I met all these different teams, like international teams who had these incredible world-changing ideas, but weren't necessarily that equipped to tell their stories to a more mainstream audience. And so I just thought, gosh, this could really be an opportunity for us. And, and, and somewhere over that time period, we also got introduced to a company named Madhive that was doing ad tech solutions in the blockchain space. And so, um, you know, we had two clients of, and, and thought, you know, maybe this could be something that we focus exclusively on and, and put the pieces together, like rebranded our website to be just blockchain focused and, 
you know, like sort of set that intention. And then like Nikki said, you know, a little bit of being in the right place at the right time, you know, when the ICO market exploded, again, we sort of were a little bit like, I don't know if we can help with this. I don't know if this is really in our wheelhouse, but because we're sort of young, scrappy and had nothing to lose, we were like, might as well take a chance. And and then, you know, we soon became quote unquote experts at, at, at this ICO marketing thing and at blockchain marketing and knew you know, one of the other reasons that it seemed like a good ex- exclusive focus was that there was only maybe a handful, 10 to 20 blockchain focused writers or reporters or even reporters who were fintech focused or tech focused who even knew what blockchain was. And so at the time, you know, any kind of solutions in blockchain were big news stories. And so we thought this is a real opportunity. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that we that I've noticed since since I mean, every time I talk to somebody in the, in the industry, it's rough. Uh, who is like a part of the the development side because they're not so much entertainers. Um, they're not trying to keep my attention with the story. They're, they're, it's it's and I'm just like okay. I know I need to understand this. This is like this is like eating my vegetables. I have to do this. I know I have to do this. I don't like it right now, but it's I need to figure out how to make this palatable and how to and how to even make it so that way I understand what's happening. So that's um, it. You were right. It, it was very. There were a lot of people who were able to explain it to you, but very few who were able to explain it to you in a palatable easy to understand way and that's uh that's definitely more of a need right now because that's how you can create the uh, create the growth create the uh, adoption create expansion um but but nikki so you came in to Miller's pr and you and this is where you learned about crypto what was it that made you be okay with it what went you that <laughs> that made you actually enjoy it versus this is a job kind of situation right yeah, I, I think it really is the the transformative aspect of, of blockchain. Um, I mean, the technology, I think, is unique in the sense that it can create new foundations for these different systems um, that incentivize, in some cases, better behavior of the participants, um, that give people more control um, over decisions through, um, you know, governance. Um, and... So like the nuances and the various applications uh, of it just like grabbed me uh, from the get go. And I, I do have a, a science background from my undergraduate degree. Um, and interestingly, you know, studied game theory um, for my degree in biology. Excellent. And so I, I had That's like cool. some, some interest already in just understanding how, how systems worked. Like, you know, in biology, it's like, oh, how do ecosystems work and like what, um, incentivizes um, certain behaviors among uh, different species or something like that. But um, it's, it is kind of curious to recognize the similarities of biology uh, and now like this kind of these blockchain ecosystems the, yeah, the technology. That, that people are building. Um, but I'm also curious to learn about your guys' oh, backgrounds and us. how you got into crypto in this space. Sure. Uh, I guess he's the oldest one. I'm the <laughs> so go you first. So it was 2011, and I heard about Bitcoin, um, but then it wasn't. I kind of like briefly heard about it, but then it was really in 2012. I was on Reddit, and on Reddit they usually show uh, subreddit. You guys know Reddit, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's becoming more mainstream actually in these days. Well, we have to use it for you know PR. It's it's important. That's good. You, you guys know? do. It's so it's so like a lot of people don't realize that it's the front page of the internet. That's why they call it that. Because it really covers yeah, everything. We can't ignore it. Yeah, you can't ignore Reddit. Uh, so 
I was just on, who knows, maybe a gaming Reddit, and on the right, they pop up these subreddits, and there was this wizard, and I don't know if you guys ever saw the original Bitcoin Reddit had this scribbly, like, Photoshopped, like, wizard. It was not Photoshop, that was Microsoft or, Paint, for there sure. You go. It looked awful, it looked like a kid <laughs> drew it, and it said, the magical internet money, Bitcoin, subreddit. And I was like, <laughs> I'm already a nerd, you know? I was like, all right, what's this magical internet money? So I went over to the Reddit, and I start, I was just blown away with the technical... I didn't realize how technical it was. Then I did all my research. And back then, the Bitcoin Reddit was one of the most informative places to find any information and people that actually knew about it. Because remember, this isn't now. This was 2012, and there was barely anybody on the internet talking about it, um, except on Reddit and maybe some forums. And I just spent the time to do the research and figure out, okay, I'm really interested but I don't know how this works. So I figured, you know, back then, like sending something was scary. Like I was like, my first time I ever sent a Bitcoin to like a wallet, I was like freaking out. I was like, did it go? But back then, you know how Bitcoin apparently is really slow these days? Back then it happened like an email for me, like it sent really quick. And then I really got into the technology, just kept like watching it. And I was the guy that would tell people at work. I remember at the time I was working on American Ninja Warrior because I come from an entertainment background. And I was telling everybody, I was in post-production, we were in the editing. And I still remember being like, guys, I remember like, guys, you guys should look at this Bitcoin thing. And everyone was just joking with me. And the rest of the season, it was like a joke. And everyone was making fun of me. And he's buying this digital money. And now later, you know, in 2017, these, the same people are texting me, you know. Um, but yeah, long story short, I also come from entertainment. I was a producer in a reality TV, like shows, a lot of food shows with Gordon Ramsay, like Hell's Kitchen, Kitchen Nightmares. Um, I did um, uh, Next Food Network Stars first season. I did uh, Gene Simmons' Family Jewels all the way to American Ninja Warrior. Uh, nowadays, I do more media content associated in gaming. But I started podcasting with a gaming podcast, and I lost my host, and I f remember that Daniel was one of my friends that knew a lot about crypto, and we just felt like I wanted to keep podcasting, and crypto was a perfect opportunity because it's something I knew really well, yeah, something I, he knew really well. I had hit him up because I was like, it was we, your we idea. need to figure it out. It was your idea. Yeah. But it was good timing because I was uh, like- we, we need to figure it out because we were investing blindly into, into uh, a lot of different uh, what are now shit coins. Yeah. <laughs> and don't yeah, and don't get me wrong like <laughs> even then like even though I come I was an early adopter it really wasn't until we started digging in with the podcast that I learned and we a went, lot oh, more, you know. Okay. Okay, I shouldn't be buying this and whoa, this is wrong cuz we started researching a little bit deeper and we started realizing as we're looking at these coins that some people thought were popular, like there were some red flags. Or, and some people thought that th if you invest in it, the idea would be that it's going to go up in value because of w for whatever reasons, all of them are doing it. And the truth is, no, that's not the case. The truth is... Well, at the time it might have been. Yeah. yeah. At the time, well, I mean, Dogecoin at one point went up to a dollar. It did. Yeah. A dollar. Uh, because now people it's didn't, on Coinbase, I think. Well, it is on Coinbase, but I like, I like, <laughs> I like Dogecoin, but it's, 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 its purpose is just education. Its purpose was just for you to understand how it worked. It was a fun... Well, it was also kind of like a meme coin back then. Or yeah, a which joke. was fine. It's a joke. It's, right. But you do understand how it works through this joke, which is yeah. just fine. Um, and it wasn't supposed to go up to a dollar. And then it went up to a dollar, and even the creator was like, this is a joke. Like, this is ridiculous. And so people were just investing blindly into it. And I mean, it was hard to lose money <laughs> at, in 2017, but we were just going going at it and we did really uh we did we did really well and then we realized 
oh wait, it's not gonna last forever. And then that big 2018 drop. But tell but, them how but you found. But when I got into it is because of um because poker, I like to gamble online. I like to play poker online. But in 2010 ish, they stopped all transactions. So it wasn't illegal to play poker online. What was illegal was for the bank to give money to the poker website. So they huh. froze that. So they froze everybody's account. So in order, and, and I have a few friends that that had to continue to play, but in order for them to do that, they had to do some major workarounds in order to even get their money online. And I w- it wasn't even worth it for me. We're in we're in LA. We live very close to the to the largest uh, poker room in the world. So um, beautiful. But they, but then my buddy was like, "Well, I'm using Bitcoin now to go into Bovada, which was a, a big one for Americans to to use at the time, and still is." And I was like, well, what's that? Let me figure out how to do it. And I went on to Coinbase really quickly and just figured it out real quick. I just sent over 20, 25. I, I, only, I didn't buy it to invest because I didn't realize it was a thing to invest in. I just bought it for the use so that way I could get my money to Bavada. Oh, so wow. it was like 25 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it was at the time because I'm not a very good gambler. So I just wanted to just play just because it's fun. And uh, so I would do that, lose my money, be gone, be done with it. We're good. But at one point, I forgot to, not didn't forget, I just didn't transfer it over. I didn't transfer the money over. And I was just buying the Bitcoin. Uh, and I noticed that it was growing. And I went, what is this? <laughs> like, why is it growing? Uh, and and I was like, I'm making more money not spending this than I am, than I am spending it. So I, I looked more into it. And um, a buddy of mine, I put up a, jo- or I put up a joke on, on Instagram and, a buddy, and I made my, my buddy's friend uh, my buddy's wife laugh and he called me up and this guy is a guy who i don't talk to very often we've been still trying to get him on the podcast and it's very difficult but he's a really big time uh, into technology he's he's a he was a head developer for a lot of different things and it turns out one of those things was uh was a, a crypto was the joke about crypto or it, about Bitcoin? it was not it was not oh, okay. but he but we, we talked about it and he had said a joke he would reference something to bitcoin and i came back with a bitcoin joke when we were talking and he goes you know about this and he was so excited that i just knew about it that he sent me over a nice little chunk of crypto so i can play with it and i can learn about it something that wasn't bitcoin and it was through that that i that i just the doors just kind of opened up and he's the kind of guy that i listen to with technology because he's been right a hundred percent of the time like he goes have you heard about this thing called netflix at the time when nobody knew what netflix is. do you know what uh he goes i'm gonna he goes, I'm thinking I'm gonna invest in Apple, and it was twelve bucks at the time, and I was like, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, but now he's a uh, he's big, he's up there, he's doing a lot of stuff in the crypto space. He's extremely busy, uh, but but I thank him for bringing me into this world. Now um now I think I have, not I don't have more knowledge than him, but I have a nice little base where we can go toe to toe, and speak about it a little bit more. As soon as you call me back, buddy. So you know, it's it's true. Once you get people incentivized. Um, mm-hmm. That's like one of the first things we do when we hire anybody at Melrose PR or even as an intern is give them a hundred dollars worth of either Bitcoin or ETH. And I'm telling you just by having like a hundred bucks, even if it's just on a Coinbase app, like for them to see it go to 105 and then like 92, and then, yeah. you know, it's like, well, what is this, you know, what's happening? What's weird? What's exactly. going on? Exactly. You have a vested interest in learning more. And so that's why it's like, you got to sink them in somewhere. And I, I encourage everybody always, 
which I mean, of course, they text and call you when it's like when Bitcoin's at sixteen. It's like, well, you gotta wait, I guess, or you can buy now or use it. But that's but yeah, just a little bit, and it gets gets people like it gives them a vested interest to learn more. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the point. that's one of the reasons why on our podcast we are very big on use so much because the volatility is so so bad that unless you're unless you are an investor, which I'm not. I mean, I can read charts now, but it took me three years to figure it out, to test it out. And to now I'm now I'm very comfortable with, with where, when I want to pull out my investment, when I want to put in my investment. Um, and what do I want to buy? The projects that I want to buy, all because of this podcast, me doing, my, me doing the research and actually speaking to the people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, not so much on our, on our show in terms of, uh, in terms of guests, but conventions quite often, you run into some very shady people and you hear it. You hear what they're, what they're doing. You hear what they're telling you and you're just like, all right, thank you for for your information and you walk away and so you're like i'm not gonna touch that coin at all um well i'm curious for you since you kind of came into this space in a in a pretty unique way in the sense that you uh got bitcoin in order to use it Mm -hmm. to play a game that you love Mm -hmm. is investing in different coins has that taken the place of that kind of love in a, does it feel like a gamble now <laughs> it's, or it's, do you you still use the coins I st- to play I still poker use, yeah i still yeah. use the coins to play poker today I, again not a whole lot but it's just like a little fun thing to do i mean I, i'm all about using it because if you keep it it will do nothing nothing will happen uh it will not adopt you are not helping the space by just holding on to it obviously you want to keep <laughs> some as an investment but it doesn't help there's a argument is adoption is holding adoption and mine is no and we we always get in this argument and i and there's people on twitter that feel differently because they've tweeted me um about it but um yeah it's 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 listen it's cool to have utility and that's important right but if you don't have use for the utility you don't have users then we're going nowhere so that's one thing you have to like make make people aware um is like just use a little bit and some people are afraid of investing but you just have to tell them, like, put $100 into Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a full Bitcoin. Um, I, I used it. I did a down payment on my car with Bitcoin. Um, I lost the car because I had a major accident with it. But I still felt so good about that. You remember? I, yeah. I took a picture. I was like, holy crap. I use Bitcoin for this. You know, it was a nice three weeks. It was <laughs> no, it, it lasted. No, it was oh, two no. months in. It was two months. <laughs> it was awful. But I'm OK. Everyone was OK. But my car was a total loss. But. So, unfortunately, I lost the the car, but I felt good about the investment. <laughs> you felt great about I using his Bitcoin. Maybe it uh, anymore. <laughs> no, here's the thing. It's all about use. Now, obviously, there should be some uh, uh, contingency plan that you have for 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 investment and savings. Absolutely. Um, you know, I I would recommend spending some when you can. Like, if if you can use Bitcoin instead of whatever to purchase uh, flight tickets to your fl- uh, for for a flight uh, or buy things like on I know Newegg accepted it I know or use it to play something like I do for Bovada like just using it and, and playing with it uh, at least a little bit that helps the space. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not spending all of my stuff because now I understand that there is an investment to it. But but if I don't use it at all. Then what was the point? What's the point? How is anybody else going to use it? Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I I kind of have have separated it where I have like pockets of of crypto that I use to play with. Mm -hmm. Like there's this app that I'm playing with now called Ember Fund that I just discovered that where it's you can kind of invest in these crypto hedge funds. And, you know, this house that we're sitting in was was, uh, 
a big part of the down payment was cashed out crypto. Also, I do feel like, unfortunately, the, the challenges around using it day to day, you know, we used it a lot for the business at one point, um, you know, both receiving payments, paying out consultants, et cetera. It does still pose challenges. There's right? a lot of you know, challenges. And, and, and one of the problems, unfortunately, which is why, you know, I'm like all for, I, I agree with you guys, like we should be using it, but it does, it is more challenging than using fiat. I mean, it, at this point in yeah. today, like, you know, there's gains and losses. And unfortunately, like at this point, our losses outweigh our gains, uh, probably in terms of using crypto and then also like just accounting for it because we're obviously not doing it to evade any taxes or anything like that. And we want to be by the books, but to even have to hire someone to like kind of muddle through the, you know, what we owe and, and everything take a at look at yeah. end is more challenging but you know i feel like you have to put your money where your mouth is sort of and um walk through that to be able to you know help promote this thing to to get to where it is purely better because like what i one of you were saying like when you first sent a bitcoin you were saying it was like yeah. sending an email yeah yeah you know? it was then, really like, fast when when it became so um popular in like the end of 2017 it was like expensive the fees were like in the five plus dollar which is for one transaction and it you could see like the, the pending transaction like within i mean a minute i would yeah. say but you know like you said it t- it could took like for the transaction to be actually verified it could take like a whole day i got at one I, point. I did one transaction that took about four hours to verify and my heart was pounding the it's entire scary. time it's scary i still my heart i still was like drops. who does crack anymore just send bitcoin at this time that that's uh, the, <laughs> but that's the crazy difference is because back then that's what i thought i thought whoa that moves really fast and i thought that's how it was going to be and then it wasn't until later that i just noticed like now that's an issue because coming from that perspective, you saw when it was fast and then you saw when it's slow now. It's it, it kind of was kind of a, a disappointment. I to totally be honest, agree. To be I, honest, yeah. I remember that was when, when my buddy who's who's told, who's telling me about the, the crypto that he sent me. He goes, check this out, man. And he sent me some and it happened in a second. And I heard a little ding and I went great. Like, that's what I don't I didn't understand the impressiveness of that because. Because uh, emails and texts, uh, that's yeah. what I expected yeah, it to Venmo. happen. Yeah. I didn't realize, but what 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 the whole process of Bitcoin mining and, and and the transaction speed and all that stuff. What that's made me realize is how our everyday transactions actually take place. Because that forced me to take a look at our banking system, our credit card system, mm. our our just our regular everyday transaction system. And I didn't realize how much goes on in the background and how much money they make. Actually, that's the more part that was like, they're making how much off of me? Give me back my penny kind of situation. But it was a it was an eye opener. And and you're absolutely right. We can't. I just read an article today. We can't use it. Businesses can't use it for just taxes in general. It's ridiculous how much they have that you have to pay. And it's for every single movement Mm -hmm. of that coin. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's crazy. So um, we can't. It can't be mass adopted now, not tomorrow, not not. But but if we don't use it at all, it will never ever happen. So we're running that 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 we're towing that that line. We're we're on that um that high rise there, just trying to figure out what do we do. And so my choice is to use the little bit I can use here and there. Yeah. No. I I mean, it seems like there's a number of things that need to happen before mass adoption is even kind of 
a possibility. Sure. And, and one of them, of course, is that the people who are already in this space, we have we have to use it, like mm-hmm. you guys are talking about, mm-hmm. um, because that incentivizes businesses to incorporate uh, payment processing for cryptocurrency, and it kind of propagates itself in that way. Um, but everything needs to get easier. And that's kind of what you were talking to, Kelly. Um, and, and I think the third piece is that we really do need to educate people about sure. uh, why decentralization matters. Uh, because yeah. otherwise, I mean, Facebook is going to still exist even if a, uh, a decentralized platform that's similar um, you know, comes to, to life. Uh, and then we need to make sure people understand the difference. Like, okay, if you have these two options and one's centralized and one's decentralized, here's why the decentralized one is better. Because yeah. you have control right. over your data. You can even earn rewards for um, allowing an advertiser to have access to data on occasion if you're okay with it. But the important thing is you're con- in control and you know what's happening. Because um, otherwise people are going to stick to what they already know. They're going to stick with what's easier. Um, so it seems like education yeah. is a big o- piece. Over the course of the podcast, I used to be really, really huge on everything decentralized. I don't want anybody touching my information. I, don't want, any- I, want, I want it all decentralized. I want to have complete control over it. And the, the the truth is, the public isn't ready for the responsibility. It's I'm not h- ready for the responsibility. It's <laughs> exactly, it's a huge, a lot of people aren't, yeah. huge responsibility, like it just is. to make your wallet function and stuff like that. So it's a very, very big responsibility, and so there has to be something. I mean, I would love for the government to be able to regulate it if they did their job properly and use the funds properly and all that stuff. So, but I can't trust that to happen. So I choose the decentralized, decentralized aspect of it. But the goal would hopefully be that that it the decentralization use becomes easier for uh, the everyday consumer to use that that you know there's very little risk of you losing your money unless you do something major major wrong but right now there's a high risk of you losing your money for doing something simple uh so it's it's again it's the balance that that we're seeing the transform that's the transformation that we're seeing uh into the future that we'll we'll see what happens but Again, not everything does need to be decentralized completely. I do believe that, like Bitcoin, like the 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 government banking system, absolutely, because I feel that that's a better method. Um, but like, uh, I don't mind for games to take control of their their own crypto uh, businesses to take control of their own crypto. That's fine as long as I know exactly what I'm getting into and exactly what you're going to do with with the stuff that I give you once I, once I'm in your system. Yeah. Kind of situation. No, I think that's a good point. And it's it's always interesting to kind of think about um, how there's levels of decentralization in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and because in a way you always have to put your trust into something, um, you know, like whether you trust a bank or the government or you trust the technology. Um, but even if we take a space like journalism, for example, I don't think the New York times or the Atlantic or MIT technology review is going away because we tr- we trust those sources. institutions or sources, um, but there's also room for decentralized platforms um, where the creators have more control and um, you know hopefully there's there is a way of having um, some curation of quality um, and I haven't sorted that out in my mind as to how that works because. 
it, it's it's really how how do you put a measure on quality? Yeah, like that's still something that I mean, do we trust sure. the mob? You know, yeah. like yeah. one thing that is important too, because you said education, but it's also media and how we see things. Because there's fud in this industry that is awful, and I think we learn just from doing media ourselves the bad and the good. You know, I see tweets that are misleading all the time. I even see tweets misleading from people I thought don't mislead you. And I've seen some... Which I always knew they misled us. Yes. And so I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I think that's one thing we try to do is like, how do we make this welcoming to people? You know, I always say that people call, call uh, no, use the word no coiner, which is a word I use, but I don't like it anymore because it kind of like, it's, we don't we want to like open our arms to people that don't understand crypto right mm-hmm. let's not like ridicule them because they don't understand it it's a new technology people have to learn like some people are afraid of it but you can't like push those people out so i'm very i i don't like seeing a lot of that you know and i think there's a little bit of this like it's like we're the sect and we're cool because we're in crypto but everyone that's not in crypto isn't cool but that's not how you should be thinking you got to keep the door open for everybody right this is about teaching and learning so that bothers me a ton. Yeah. Yeah. I've given up on that fight. Only I'm still fighting. No, only because uh, education will come out of necessity. There are people in in Venezuela. There are people in the Middle East. There are people in Africa that already use this like it's water, like it's their breath. Like They know how to use it. They know how to run it because they have to. They have no choice because their government has completely failed them. And now now they're where they're at so they need they need another system they need something that'll work for them they're they're in the middle east i'm hearing constant things about if you're a woman you can't even have a bank account you can't even get paid you have to have a man do it for you and so this gives them that power that they need america doesn't need that yet at least in their mind and a lot of americans minds because there there's a system it's been working they've and they, they think it's been working they think it's everything's fine the truth is once you do a little bit of digging, you realize what your history classes didn't teach you. You realize what your science classes didn't teach you. You didn't realize what your government classes also didn't teach you. Because um, the 2008 financial crisis, for example, like affected yeah. you know, ev- everyone in, in the United States and al- almost around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's like what, in a way, inspired like the creation of Bitcoin. Yeah, or, absolutely. Yeah. So the need for it. Yeah. It's, it's um, the people will... The people who are, I feel like there's a certain uh, crowd that gets attracted to cryptocurrencies in America right now, and it's usually the people who don't trust the government for the most part. And then there's other, then the other side are the people who really understand investment. Mm-hmm. There's that. And then there are the nerds like us that just really like it. Um, th- as for everybody else, they don't have the need yet. They don't see the, the, the need yet. And so th- once their backs are against the wall, then they'll come aboard. But by that time, as an investment, I think it'll be too late. Mm. And my hope is that it's just not co-opted by centralized corporations. And and you can see it kind of happening, you know, with it with, is happening with kinda. Facebook, yeah. you know, that coming out Amazon. that they're developing a stable coin. Well they're they just Facebook just announced well it's not Facebook, it's WhatsApp, but WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. Just announced that they're allowing Bitcoin and Litecoin transactions within the app. That's so great. That is cool. But it's also scary because it's Facebook. We know what they're doing. We know what they want to do. Now I'm curious as to what they get, what they gain from the Bitcoin and Litecoin transactions in the app. I think Annie made a great point about like keeping it fun, keeping it light, and keeping it approachable. Um, you know, I think if I had been up against the kind of um, like 
teasing that comes along with not knowing what's going on. Right. Because unfortunately, it has kind of evolved to that a little bit. I, I think I would have been turned off and, and probably like not been as excited about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we, we weren't pro- like that's not what we encountered when we first came in. I think like somehow it, it's gotten kind of like there's a lot of animosity and tension within like the crypto community. Yes. And <laughs> like uh, one conversation that we recently had or that I recently had on, on Crypto Token Talk was with David Bailey, the CEO of um, BTC Inc. They're hosting a conference in San Francisco this coming uh, June and their whole premise is like make Bitcoin fun again. I mean, it's, it's specific to Bitcoin, but like mm-hmm. there's so much tension <laughs> even within just the Bitcoin community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we need to get past that because mm-hmm. if we want if we truly like there shouldn't be agendas in bitcoin bitcoin is like for everybody right so you know really like i think we need to like dumb it down and and get over our big fat selves mm-hmm. and make it approachable for everybody otherwise like you know it's just going to be tense it's going to put people off and i mean i hope that you're you're wrong about it ever being too late to as an investment vehicle i think that you know i think that the the growth potential like i don't know i'm just extremely bullish but it's like infinite um but well you should be bullish because the great thing about it is america is not the 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 what what everything is kind of hoping for right america can be last and it'll suck it'll suck for us americans but bitcoin will still be a success it's global and that's a beautiful thing about this thing it, that's the one thing that that makes me go okay this is this is going to bring us all together because the truth is there it's no longer individual countries it's we're if somebody messes up in any country that affects us at some point somehow somewhere it doesn't matter where you're at but i i also like to put in perspective is if it's universal we're talking about think about the whole planet universally adopting to a new currency, right? That is no easy task. So that's why I always say we'll slowly get to adoption, whether it's a country starts adopting it here, there. But again, this is a tall order. You know, it's going to take a long time. Um, when's the last time America changed their currency you know, with, with the dollar? Like when we started, you know, like 300-something years ago. No, whatever. no 19, 1900s. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm, but they still had some sort of currency that they were exchanging physically. You yeah. know, this is a digital. The technology wasn't there. Um, and this is where we're going because we're dealing with technology advancements, self-driving cars, well, VR, AR. How long did it take for a credit card? That was in credit the, cards to become the 50s, mainstream. 60s, right? I don't know. But to, I, don't I don't know credit know. card history. I'm sorry. History to become mainstream, <laughs> it took until the 80s. But it started in the 50s, 60s. Maybe. They had they had club cards. Mm. Um, oh, the club cards. Right? They had club cards. And then, no, I know this because I know, no, you're the, right, you're right. I know the history joking. of Playboy, man. Oh, they, okay. And they're the ones who helped <laughs> found the club card. Got it. Uh, so, but it started back then, and it took until about the 80s for it to really be adopted. So I was, what, 30 years? So this was 2008. To, oh, sorry, 2010 when when we're Bitcoin was created. We're barely 10 years in. And well, <laughs> see what happens. We yeah. got 20 more years. It's well, a big fact to, to think about. Like the big picture is big, right? It's that's huge. True. Massive. Massive, yeah. I, I mean, one maybe glimmer of hope, is, I think, in, in terms of adoption of um, cryptocurrency as a means of payment is that um, mobile payments are increasing Definitely. A, as yes. an option. And it's not like a far cry... It's not hard to imagine that people will transition from apps to dApps. You know, mm-hmm. like if those get easier, then like, cool. Like that, that's not a hard transition to make. Yeah. And we'll just call them apps. <laughs> yeah. We'll call them right. dApps. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, same, and same thing with blockchain technology. It's not going to be like, oh, this is on the blockchain. It's going to be like, this is 
just natural. This Works is what it's going to be. It's what's going. <laughs> and and the cool um, in regards to that is that's how I think it's going to become more mainstream faster than our economic system faster than a money system it's going to be that it's going to be people using it for their games it's going to be people using it just uh to transact on the phone much like venmo much like much like paypal it's going to be more of that than anything else and then eventually it'll become more mainstream i hope just because it's such a solid technology um, and um fewer fees and and fewer, fewer fees eventually <laughs> right, <laughs> bitcoin right, is hopefully. sometimes up and down but um but again that's that's the more that's the direction that I'm looking for because that's how people people trust individuals before they trust governments saying okay now everybody do this. A lot of people compare this to WeChat and their WeChat and the WeChat Pay in China. Are you guys familiar with yeah. WeChat? Mm -hmm. But the, the but they don't realize is that WeChat is basically a government mandated kind of uh, a kind of social network. Like there's two there's QQ and WeChat, and they both have payment systems, and they both work very well, and everybody accepts it across the country. But that's because the government allowed it to happen. It's not mm -hmm. because they up they they invented something cool and an uprise happened. And they're like, well, it works in China, it works in China. I'm like, but in America, we have a lot more choices, and we have a lot more, and and we don't want our government to say, you know, you have to use this application, you have to use that. We we like the choices and all that stuff. So once we are narrowed down to choices that are that everybody kind of agrees upon just like how we kind of all went to facebook how we all went to how we all a lot of us are using iphones versus androids now how a lot of us are using um certain technology and it's kind of mainstream and when somebody else uses something different you're like oh what's the green bubble in my text thing going on here um that's that's when you're gonna see a lot more mainstream adoption with bitcoin but it has to be far 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 easier than it is today We'll see what happens yeah. with the WhatsApp though. If WhatsApp yeah. makes it easier for everybody, I'm all for it. If, as long as we move from it as soon as as soon as we possibly can. One of the things that I'm excited about is the fact that, um, you know, uh, Daniel, you spoke a little bit about this, but at one point the wind was sort of getting out of my sails with the amount of fluff and scam that was uh, sort of rampant, and and the amount of sort of uh, non-legitimate projects that were knocking at our door just because we had a good reputation of being a, a good marketing vehicle. Mm -hmm. That seems to have been sorting itself out in the past six, six months, maybe a year. But really in the past six months, I've noticed that the, there's just less of that. And so the caliber of projects that has been approaching us is a lot stronger, a lot more thoughtful. There's not this um, sort of mentality of, oh, get rich quick. And that's refreshing. And I think that that is going to, um, it makes it more exciting for me to show up and work every day. Um, because, you know, we, we're, we're working with builders who are, like, in this to actually, you know, like, look at the problems that are even in, in our own industry today and how can we solve for these. And, you know, I, I think the caliber of clients that we have, um, we're just working with some, like, just incredibly intelligent people. And, I mean, Nikki, I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about some of the projects that excite you. But, yeah, yeah. Y you know, I think overall it's nice to see that um, even though we've had this sort of like shakeout and this like wane of consumer interest, we still have people who are like really devoted to bringing this tech to, you know, like a, a more mainstream audience. Re really quickly, uh, coming at it from a PR standpoint, because you guys are coming at, you guys are not in the, in uh, developing something. You don't have a stake in the game of the development aspect or all that stuff, but uh, you can, kind of filter out projects to which you want to say yes and no to so what makes you want to say yes and for, I, I especially for newbies 
Yeah, I mean, a, a big um, factor, which is kind of exciting, as you were alluding to these days, is that a lot there are a lot of projects that are working. You know, like rather than a year ago, we were taking projects on that were theoretical. You know, they had a white paper right. and the concept was really cool <laughs> and, you know, it was exciting. Um, but now, you know, we're pretty much taking on clients that have something that's working. You know, they have a beta um, I mean, I can mention a, a couple of, of sure. projects, but, um, you know, Noom Effects is a payment processor for merchants to use, uh, developed by, by Pyrofex, um, that, you know, merchants can use right now and, um, you know, to add accept crypto. Good. Yeah. Add crypto as, as some, uh, currency that they can accept, um, soon to be Bitcoin and ETH right now. Um, and you know Meta X, um, that that's a client we work with right now that has developed solutions in the advertising ecosystem, and the Ad Chain Registry right now um, is a list of domains that are approved by the community of um, ad ops. Um, so these are people who work on uh, making sure ads are served um, on websites that are legitimate. Uh, so. That's an example where the community was in charge of of creating this list of websites that have been deemed to be legitimate, not fraudulent, engaged in the best practices, um, and, and that's you know not operated by MetaX. It's totally decentralized, um, and I I think that that is really inspiring. That even within I mean I've been in crypto for a relatively short time, like three three years now, um, but we have seen this evolution of sure. you know the, the theoretical to now um stuff that's out there and totally working i mean we were talking about this the other day but breaker um they were rebranded from singular dtv uh but they have a dap that you know anyone can use and, and they they also have made it very accessible where you don't necessarily have to um if i'm remembering correctly like you don't have to use crypto um yeah, to, to use the the dap um, but they, they have that option as well. So it's like, nice. they're kind of bridging the gap. Um, but they have all these, these films that you can stream. And, um, have you guys seen the trust machine documentary? No. I, I haven't seen that yet. Is that, that's it's on um, breaker. So it's available, ex- I think exclusively on breaker. That's right. But it's a great, yeah. it's a great that's film. the only you, place you, you can watch, watch it. it. I should yeah. watch that. <laughs> it's, right. it's a great movie. I'm in. I'm in. Watch it out. Wait, is that the one that um, I forget his name uh, that directed it from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Is that the same Alex one? Winter? Is it Alex Winter's documentary? Al- is, Alex, or is that it a different? Is Alex it is. Okay. And what I know. Uh, Sorry, he did I forgot. Was the, the Deep Web. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. The Dark Web. But yeah, he's kind of acclaimed documentary. We actually yeah. worked maker. with them at the time that they were producing it, and Nikki's in the credits. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> there you go. Special thanks oh. in the credits for help arranging hey, some interviews. You're on. You're on Alex Winters' credits. That's all. Yeah, that we we had recently. Um, Chris, the director and shooter of Banking on Bitcoin, the Netflix documentary. Oh yeah, we, I I don't know if you were with me. I think Sarah was, but we we met him, and he, he's cool. Oh, yeah. he was such a great guest, and we had a, such a good time. Plus, he has an entertaining entertainment background like me yeah. so we had a lot to talk about on that side of it that was a great movie too yeah, yeah it was yeah. fun and that was uh, for a long time that was the only movie that you could kind of see with like that was a legitimate pr- look at what what bitcoin was specifically bitcoin um which was really awesome that's what we need more of now especially because nowadays we need uh f- to make it safer for new people coming in and wanting to put in money we need you know an understanding. We need an understanding. Yeah. We also need something tangible or something that we can use uh, 
to make it a bit safer of an in, as an investment because mm-hmm. uh, for a long time when we were doing the first five or six episodes we realized that we were investing in literally hopes and dreams like yeah. it was like this is what that's we would like are. to do and i was like that's great but did you do it not yet but give us money kind of situation um so now i i need to see more proof as for somebody like me who i don't have hundreds of thousand dollars to invest or, or or put into an ico and, and do a lot of big investigation on a, on a company i just have to wait for that to kind of for them to figure out their own thing and hopefully when they prove themselves that's when i'll step in and, and also put in my two cents here and there um but yeah like you said having um having something that you can use having something that you can see something that you can operate is huge in this space now um i get a lot of uh we're going to be revelation the the economic system around the world i'm like that's great how <laughs> everybody's kind of doing that we're putting too. houses right. on the blockchain yeah. we're, we're putting, putting and, they'll put, and there's some cookies on the blockchain yeah there's some of the I mean, <laughs> we had like some weird. requests from like yeah like worm farming and like, like i mean it was just out the strong. next biggest thing Great. worm farming it's already on huge. the blockchain on the yeah. blockchain yeah, that's we, the joke. We've you know, learned like, that you don't need everything on the blockchain, and that's that's true. And you don't, and that's what people should realize is like it doesn't. Not everything has to be blockchain. Just things that make sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do your research, guys. Yeah, but I think I asked this, but I, I'd love before we go. Uh, any, you know, what is your main fu- your near future for for Melrose and crypto token talk and stuff like that before we head out? I mean, I think we've decided to stay super focused on blockchain and um, just working with like the top notch caliber projects. Like, uh, you know, we don't want to be huge and dominate the world. We want to align ourselves with a few solid companies that are really, you know, really working on this stuff and that we can, you know, tell these great stories because ultimately one of the challenges that we've faced as a marketing company is the skepticism of the reporting community, you know, the, the journalists in general and, you know, there's been this huge hype cycle and a lot of them got burned too. So our reputation is very much on the line. And so, you know, it's always been important for us to do diligence. Um, We, we tried as hard as we could during the like chaotic times, you know, where we were getting hundreds of requests a week. I mean, it was, it was really quite crazy and I'm sure you guys lived through that as well, Mm -hmm. but you know, now it's, it's easier for us to make good decisions. We, we know what to look for. Um, but we don't need to like have global domination. I think we really are trying to keep it s- small and focused. Um, and as it relates to crypto token talk, we just want to continue to have great conversations and meet interesting people and, and, you know, continue to tell these stories. I really love talking as a, as a vehicle, you know, to get the word out and, you know, Nikki and a, a few of our other team members are just like in- exceptional writers. And, you know, so the written word is, is, sort of their vehicle and Nikki directs all of our content strategy. Yeah. Thanks for including us in yeah. that article. That was awesome. That oh, was cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, thanks for your, your contributions. Sure. To that. We really appreciate it. No yeah. worries. So we're just trying to tell these stories in, in different ways and, um, you know, add to sort of the educational element of the, the community and, uh, and doing our, our small part. Thanks so much for listening really quickly though. I did want to clarify something before we kind of wrap up for the day. Um, in the as you heard in the uh, in the podcast that we talked about WhatsApp and and that being able to exchange Bitcoin and Litecoin, um, and if you heard last week's episode, that was wrong. Uh, we did record this previously, and at the time we were we didn't really go get the full detail spectrum of the story itself. But I want to clarify that it is a third party bot. It is not WhatsApp itself. It's not Facebook itself. It is a third party that will allow you to exchange coins through WhatsApp. 
Um, it's not unheard of, but I don't see this as a thing that was going to make it very easy for newcomers to come in and be able to trade Bitcoin and Litecoin very easily or crypto in general very easily. It's probably going to be just as difficult as any wallet, which, you know, depending on the wallet can be very easy or very difficult. It just depends on what's happening there. Uh, we will keep you updated on what's going on with that. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. It was really nice to to um, to hear from them. They're also newbie. They were newbies like us, um, and and they're just kind of getting tossed into the to the whole fire here. So hopefully we can all survive. Um, thanks so much again for listening. Visit us on thecoinboys.com. I'm at dcutiers84. Uh, we have producer BTW on Twitter, and we also have Sanity Crypto on Twitter. Definitely hit us up. Uh, email us thecoinboys at thecoinboys.com if you have any questions um and i want to put this out there uh if you're new if this is your first time listening to us uh please let us know what other questions you have um most likely we've probably answered a good majority of them but sometimes something slips through the cracks so let us know uh hopefully everybody has fun have a great week and we'll see you soon bye